If you like the Middle-Aged Man Talk podcast, consider giving us your support on Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Middle Age Man Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan. And I'm your other host, Richard. And I have a rich, velvety voice. What are you drinking, Richard? Hardway Cider Co. Life's a Peach. You like it? Yeah, it's very... It'd be a great summer um, drink. You know my buddy who looks like Millhouse from The Simpsons? Yes. 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 Of, all, of all my male buddies we've been hockey games with, and then they, and like, <laughs> you're like, yep. Who, who are my buddies? There's the Bulgarian. There's the guy that looks like Milhouse. The Native um, American. There's the Subaru guy, the Native American, who's from Canada. Yes, your, 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 your token, uh, <laughs> my token indigenous friend. Yeah. Uh, my Japanese friend, who's also your friend. Uh, your Polish friend. Yeah, he's weird. He who shall not be named. Yeah. Uh, oh, I told you about that. He had a weird divorce. Yes, yes, he did. Um, he's, he's, well, not weird, but just our voiceless, horrific, horrific divorce. Our voiceless friend. Oh yeah, who does he remind me of? You think he's a simp? No comment. I'm not sure. He, he may is. actually listen to this, <laughs> and then he get all offended. Would he? Yeah, you'll find out. He, if you're listening to this show, you are probably not our friend. Who he definitely used to be a simp. I don't think he is now. I think he's a grown man now. He used to be a total simp. Y- used to be. I like how you're really quiet now. He's a really good friend of yours. <laughs> How's that cider? Have a few more of those and uh, we'll see what happens. Um, all right. So tonight's episode is... Oh, do you want to do a treat first before you get into the... I will open it? the treat first. So we have these little... Don't crinkle while you talk. We have these little bun don't, things. Don't talk while you're crinkling. We have these little pastries, um, which... I don't know what it is. Yeah, they're just little... I, I asked the, the shopkeeper of the Asian grocery, what's it, like a salty, snacky thing? And she said, oh, try these. Have you tried these? Try these. It looks like... Like a little round a, croissant, like a little pumpkin croissant, a squished yeah, pumpkin croissant. It looks like a croissant that is the size of a squished golf ball. Yes. Agreed. We'll try it. Let's see. Does it go with a... What's it like? Okay, it's got the um, Chinese five spice. Oh, really? It's Chinese five spice. Okay, but not strongly. Just a hint. Yeah, th- I find that's a very overpowering combination. And of course, the Chinese five spice varies because I bought a really good, a really good quality mix before of it, and it had like nine things in it. And I, and I know like salt and stuff, but it had like nine. There's like at least seven different spices. And ah. it's very chewy. Oh, interesting texture. Like if you look at it. It almost looks like... Like a cotton candy coming apart. I was going to say, like, dryer lint. Dryer lint. Are you enjoying your Chinese dryer lint mini croissant? Hockey puck? Golf ball? My five-space flavored dryer lint? Mmm. Not China. really. Chinese dryer lint. I'm not a big five-space fan. I it, it, It's hit and miss. I've had five-space things that I absolutely love and could get enough of. I've had other ones. I was like, ow. Because it's, it's a real... It's not consistent. It's not like, you know, America loves Heinz ketchup and all ketchup tastes the same. Um, five spice varies. Like, my favorite five spice has seven different spices in it. It's labeled Chinese five spice. There's a picture of, like, you know, the roasted duck on it. And it's a delicious five spice I get at the health food store. Uh, but 
It's got seven spices, plus salt and something else. The texture of the inside, it kind of melts in your mouth almost like cotton candy. It looks cotton candy. Is it sweet? A little bit, but not super sweet. I find a lot of Chinese snacks, they add sugar. Like, more than I would think should be in there. It's like dissolving dryer lint. Like, it's not cotton candy. Um, it's too dense and too short-fibered to be cotton candy consistency. It's the consistency of dryer lint. You know, Richard, um, I'm not surprised uh, no one before me asked you to be a food critic. It's like dryer lint, as he keeps eating it. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I'm not sure I like it, as he keeps eating it. Yeah, I'd eat some more. Keep keep eating it. You'll, uh, you know. Well, first impressions. and First impressions are not a buy again for yes. the weird squishy pastry. But now the, the local Life's a Peach Hardway Cider Co. Would be a buy again, definitely. Yeah, yeah. That's good, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Millhouse loves that. Oh, my God. Like, he loves the... Um, the one from Picton Island. Uh, what's the peach cider? Wapoo's. Yeah. Wapoo's peach cider. Um, the uh, the Bavarian pub downtown sells it, and that's like his go-to at that pub. God, I love Bavarian food. That's like German food for everyone who doesn't know what Bavaria is. No, no, it's a Bavarian restaurant. It's very different. Are there sausages? Yes. Schnitzel? Yes. Spatzel? Yes. Sauerkraut? Yes. Funny mustards? Yes. It's a, it's a Bavarian restaurant. It's a German restaurant. It's Austrian. It's all it's all the same. I don't want to say all cultures are the same, but all German food is the same. Richard's nodding again on the podcast. Yep. It's all the same. Yep, 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 The Muppets. If you don't get that reference. Actually, Sesame Street. It is Muppets. They are Muppets, but it was Sesame Street. The one you're thinking of, I think, is the Manamana. No, no. I was thinking of the aliens. That's off of Sesame Street. But they are Muppets. I thought they were also on uh, Kermit the Frog. They, I think they show up in a couple sketches. I think they cross over. Yeah. Those are because those are, they're aliens. They cross over Sesame Street and the Muppets. They're all Jim Henson puppets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all the same. Like, I think of Sesame Street as the Muppets, too. They're all Muppets. I know they're not the Muppets, but I think... But they are Muppets. Muppets. They're technically Muppets. They're Muppets. Because they're Jen, Jim Henson puppets, hence they're Muppets. Yeah. I like the thing I ever was upset that Bernie and Ert were like uh, gay, and they're like they don't have genitals; they're just puppets. They Everyone, end at the waist. They, they end at the waist. That was yeah. That was the quote. Everyone, calm down. Um, no, mind you, they do have someone up their ass the whole, whole time. That's right. <laughs> I mean, but not like they don't actually have an ass. No, it's more up their torso. They're also just inanimate objects. So you know what I mean. Calm down, everyone. Uh, anyway, so I wanted to talk about the trans movement tonight. <laughs> Richard's like, yay! So so here's here's the thing. I, I have a theory. Um, so you know how like every movement goes too far? Oh yeah. After, I, the, there, there is one thing. Every movement, not just trans. Basically, every. I have come to the conclusion that while they may be necessary, they are a necessary evil. And that is activists of all stripes. Eventually they go too far. Eventually they go too far because once they have achieved their stated goal, they have to keep going or else they have no purpose in life. They have nothing else to do. They need to find another cause. Yeah. They need to find another something to do. So, well, if they don't find another cause, then they go and take their cause too far. What else can we do? Yeah. And the problem is, is that it starts off with good intentions and they find that... And the problem is, is that everything becomes us versus them and then it becomes win at all cost, um, you know... Full speed ahead, damn the torpedoes. Who cares 
um, what we need to do to get there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I think that's true of all movements and all activists. Eventually, it goes too far or goes sideways. or And, and even if they, they don't fully accomplish their goal, they've accomplished it enough, they're not as necessary to follow through to the end. And the other issue I have with activists is they, they attract the worst type of activist, which is the bandwagon activist. The, oh, people, the, the all or nothing, the, the people left who, or right. The people who jump on the bandwagon when the work has already been done. So these are these 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 are your Karens who get offended on behalf of other groups. Oh, the person who's like someone might be offended by that. These someone people. Yes. Right. Right. So so anyway, so I have a current theory, and that's the title of tonight's episode. Uh, the trans movement has become homophobic. Question mark. I think the trans movement has actually become homophobic, which is weird because we think of like LGBTQ plus whatever. They're all their own little movements, but they're all kind of together. So in any case, but before you go off on a tirade, which you will, and I'll, I'll love it. Um, here's why I think the trans movements become homophobic. So I know a couple trans people and I know a little bit about the process in Canada and generally in Canada, we used to call it like, uh, was it gender reassignment surgery? Like, no, we used to call it sex change. Sex change surgery, yeah. So, so anyway, um, I mean, I, I know a funny story for, uh, I, from, from healthcare where they tried to bill, a doctor tried to bill a surgeon from um, doing a hysterectomy, removing a uterus from a man. Because it's someone who was a post-op person. But of course, the automatic billing system in Canadian healthcare to pay for this was like, a man can't have hysterectomy. They don't have... Anything to hysterectomic. So we're not going to pay it. They're like, no, 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 it was a sex change person post-op. They're like, oh, we'll send you a manual check. And then they paid the doctor. But, but it's kind of funny. But so, still, even post-surgery, you don't have a, a uterus to remove if you're a biological male. So you can't charge for a hysterectomy. It was, it was a woman who became a man. Oh, a woman who became a man. Can I say okay. the other way around? Yeah. So a woman who became a man. Yes, yes. So, okay, yeah. And and they had they had various, I guess, surgeries and hormones and things, and they fully transitioned. And then, oh, we had to hysterectomy for, I think, cancer, probably, if I had, if I had to guess. Probably ovarian cancer. Pro- probably, um, yeah. So, so Maybe may triggered by the hormones. But, but it was a funny audit thing that kept bouncing back and yeah. forth, and it did take that surgeon a while to get paid. But they did get paid in the end, so... Any more hairs you want to split before I carry on? <laughs> so the reason why I say this is um, there's a lot of videos now, like all the TikTokers, which also goes into, was it YouTube shorts, Facebook reels? Oh, you know, the one and two minute videos? Instagram videos. Instagram, yeah, Instagram videos. Yeah, yeah. Whatever they call those. Well, I mean, like they, they do it on one platform and they replicate it to yeah. other platforms. So It all um, started off the Vines. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. That was, so, that was original. So, 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 social media mini mini videos, and I've seen a number of these now that are mainstream. Lots of views, lots of likes, lots of shares, and it's people saying that you know a woman is a woman, whether she's a cis woman or a trans woman. A trans woman's a woman, and if uh, you know, like a cisgender heterosexual man. So if a if a cisgendered heterosexual man doesn't want to date a trans woman, then they're transphobic and they're a bad person and they should be canceled. I was thinking, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's just slow it down here. So now we have more kinds of genders, right? We have we have multiple genders now. Now here's here's the five that I believe in, um, are, which are ones we can all understand. I know there's many ones people have like tacked on. There's like a fifty or a hundred, but so there's cisgendered male. Cisgendered female, right? So that means you're born biologically male or female, and that's how you identify. Yes. Right. Okay. And, so you're, and 
and I haven't got this clear, but I believe you can actually be cisgendered, but homosexual. Yes. Because it's not like you're romantically or sexually. So sexual orientation, so sexual orientation and gender are totally separate. They're totally separate things. Somehow. No, that makes sense. Um, it does because your your um so your gender is the, so there's your sex your biological gender and then your there's your uh, identified gender so that's what you feel like you are right so they say gender at birth or biological gender, bi- biological yeah. biological is fine yeah. so so anyway so basically your scientific uh, gender so Sorry. so it's just <laughs> your scientific gender sure. well anyway. uh, that 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 that's that's let's press some buttons shall yes, we exactly that's pressing buttons let's on melt purpose. some snowflakes shall we uh, no, um, but but so so basically getting back to it so here's the five genders that I think everyone can kind of understand. We have uh, cisgendered heterosexual uh, or, or cisgendered period, male or female, whether you're gay or straight or whatever. So cisgendered male, cisgendered female, trans male, trans female, and then other. And now other has different names. Well, intersex. Um, intersex or gender fluid well, or non-binary. And they always say it like that. Why do people always say, I'm non-binary? No one says, hi, I'm Hank, I'm non-binary. They're always like... I'm non-binary and I have purple hair. I've never met like like a masculine person named Hank that said he was non-binary. Not that that matters. So non, yeah, it's right. I so, don't I don't know what non-binary. They, they, they're means. in the other camp. There's a whole other camp, and people have all these little mini labels. Yeah, it's way too much for anyone to remember. No one's going to. So there's basically five. Yeah, there's the four ones we can understand. Well, well there, there's there's yeah, and there's right. and it, and the intersex is kind of interesting because it kind of. It's a biological anomaly. Oh, you mean like someone's herma- hermaphrodite? With yeah, both. hermaphrodite. Right, right. So that's someone like, who, um, who has um, both parts. Both parts naturally. So that's um, I put that in the other category because like the the others are so many and so multiple. Like it's yeah. it, it's this other for the sake of this conversation. They're they're they're, they're little tiny tiny. They're fractions of fractions. It's, it's a very small amount of people that are actually. Truly in the other camp. So anyway, so here's the thing. So now if we really have um, other, okay, whatever, but we have four main ones, right? So we got cis male, female, trans male, female. So we have four genders. We used to have two, cis male and cis female, right? So what that means is we used to have like gay and straight and bi, which is kind of gay and straight, but it's basically, you know, we, we, we get what bi means. So so essentially sexual orientation, there was really two. There's either you're straight or you're gay. I'm including bi and gay. Yeah. But um, so there's basically two ways to go. So now that we have more genders, that's going to multiply exponentially. We're going to have more sexual orientations. There might be someone who's okay with somebody who's trans and post-op or maybe even not post-op. They might be cool with it. Um, But there'll be people who won't be cool with it or people who want to have their own biological children with their spouse. And if they can't, they're not interested. So the thing is, is that a lot of these, you know, TikTok-y type videos that come out saying that a woman's a woman, a man's a man, I see it more as um, we have cis men and cis women, and we have trans men and trans women, and they're distinctly different things. And um, if you are a cisgendered heterosexual, that means that sexual orientation, and remember, your orientation is not something you choose. That's what the gays have told us for many years. It's the, it's how you the, are. That was the winning strategy. Yes. The, well, well, whatever. I mean, I um, I I've had three close personal gay friends in my life, and all of them because like they were like you know gay in the night had to figure it out. It wasn't an yeah. option like today. Um, they all went through some stuff to figure it out. 
that's who they really were, that they were attracted to the, to their same biological, yeah. um, you know, sex. So fine. So like, so I, I totally believe them on board with that. That's how they are. So if that's how they are, that's also how heterosexuals are, right? Which means you want someone who's biologically of the opposite cisgender. Yeah. So to tell a cisgendered person that they should be willing to wait a, date a trans person of the opposite transgender, which means both people in the situation are the same biological original gender, then what you're doing is you're dictating to somebody what their sexual orientation is and who they can and can't love, who they can and can't be romantically attracted to, which is the same as all those full gospel churches with the prey of the gay camps. So if trans is saying, the trans movement now with all these videos is saying um, that you're transphobic if your sexual orientation doesn't conform to their definition of what they think it should be, then what they're really saying is that they're putting their ideology of your sexual orientation on you the same way the church has had on gay people for years. Hence, if you're willing to do it to straight people, it's kind of the same as doing it to gay people or any sexual orientation. Therefore, the trans movement has now become homophobic and heterophobic. They are now essentially... Their definition of sexual orientation is the only one they see as valid, and they don't recognize other ones. Yeah. So, which is which is where you get the whole idea of turf, turf, trans exclusionary feminists. Is that a real thing, or do you just make that up? That's a real thing. You didn't just make that up. No, I didn't just make that up. So, an ex- Tra- to say it again, trans, um, T E R F. I guess T E R F. Um. Trans exclusionary radical feminists. Trans exclusionary radical feminists. Turf T E R F. Okay, yeah. okay. Now, now that we've defined what that is, carry on. So th- these are people like Margaret Atwood, who is a famous, the famous Canadian author. Yeah, who is a famous Canadian. I met her once. Hands, ha- Handmaiden's Tale. Very famous feminist. Um, she was hated by the right, like hated. She's hated just as much by the trans movement. Because hold, hold on, hold on. So the, the, the far right, which has traditionally been anti-gay, anti-not-straight. Anti-feminist. Anti-feminist. Well, really the old history of it. Yeah. Um, and then now, not really. But so, so the far right hated her when she was like, women should be equal to men in society. And now the trans movement, which is arguably very left politically, also hates her. So she's in the middle somehow? Yes. Why is Margaret Atwood in, in the middle? Because she's an old she's an old school feminist who argues. So one of the things that you know one of the big things is that she argued for for feminism was the female experience. The female experience. So, and this this gets into like microaggressions, like the catcalling, the and all of that. You know, I, um, I like Seinfeld's joke on the catcalling. It's like, so what exactly is she supposed to do? You're driving by, you yeah, see a beautiful yeah. woman, you honk the horn, hey, baby, and you keep going. Is she supposed to be like, oh, and like jump out in the street, start, take off the heels, start running after you? I didn't know you felt that way. I Come actually, back. I actually saw a sketch on the, inter- on the internet where, you know, <laughs> it's like this guy walking, at, you know, gets out of his car and this good looking woman comes huffing and puffing up and going, I finally caught up to you. Why didn't you stop? I heard you honk. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. I mean, it's an old bit, yeah. but Seinfeld is a really good. So, and anyway. but the thing is, there, they she talks a lot about the female experience. Margaret um, Atwood does. Margaret yeah. Atwood, and oh, so what? So what women experience when they experience sexist nonsense from men? Yes. Right. However, 
a trans woman, as a man, never experienced that. They never grew up with that. Oh, that's they ne- interesting. They never grew up with the experience. They never had the experience of growing up as a woman, as a girl. That's interesting. So they do not ha- share with women the same fundamental experience of being a woman. They may identify as being a woman, but they don't share the same prejudices. They didn't share the same prejudices and that sort of stuff. They're, they come from a privileged class, male. Male is a privileged class in our society. It is. For certain things. Yeah. They come from a privileged class, and they are choosing to step down to a less privileged class. This is like going and, in some ways, this is analogous to me as a white man deciding I want to identify as a Native American. Oh, I see. And had to receive prejudice for being a Native American. and Well, I haven't. I never will. Right. But it's, it's, it's an interesting idea that if you are um, inherently privileged, changing yourself so, to be inherently less privileged. Yes. Um, but you know what the left calls that? Cultural appropriation. Cultural appropriation. So, th- so basically, the the TERFs, the trans radical feminist, the trans exclusionary radical, the feminist, trans exclusionary radical feminists, they see trans women as gender, you know, gender appropriation, tra- gender appropriation. Yes, gender appropriation. What a great phrase. <laughs> Okay, so 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 this 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 is where sort of the feminist and the feminist movement, even though it has a lot in common and has been generally an ally of the LGBTQ plus movement. LGB LGB movement. LGB. And actually, there's one thing. Um, I have it on very good authority that the B is the most prejudiced against. Is that because they're greedy? <laughs> no, it's because the, the bees. The bees are seen as not committing. Oh, because they, they like everything. No, it's because they're actually gay, but they're not willing to admit that they're gay. So is the theory. That's that's sort of the, the camp that the... I, I find that hard to believe when people say, like, uh, gender and sexual orientation are, are both spectrums. That makes noise. So I, heard, I find it hard to... Well, I find that kind of hard to understand when they say gender is a spectrum and sexual orientation is a spectrum. The thing is, even if it's a spectrum... There's a certain... What's that way they grade people on a curve? 80% of the curve are cisgendered heterosexuals. So, sure, 20% are outliers to varying degrees. Sure, you know, whatever. But, um, so, I, it's it's funny, though. The thing is, though... What was I going to say? I had, a, I had a thing for this. Um, so, the term that is used um, by the bisexual alliance is, is by erasure. The bisexual alliance is that or, an actual group? I don't know. It's it's I. I've that heard, sounds like the male patriarchy. I, I've weighed too much. I've read too much. Okay. Um, but there is something called referred to in the bisexual community as bi erasure. So basically, bi erasure. Yes. You basically. So if if you're, or they're trying to erase bi people. If you so the 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 thing way it works is that you know it's like oh I thought I was attracted to women you know I've had relationships with women. Boy, that guy is attractive, and well, I slept with my best friend. You know. Oh, interesting. It's the oh, you're now gay. You're not bi. You're gay. So uh, again, this is coming back to my same point from before. It's one group of people yeah. trying to tell people, other people, what their sexual orientation is, and people need to let people be whatever sexual orientation they are and leave them alone. Yes, I spent a uh, 
few years ago, I spent a lot of time reading um, uh, queer forums for a pers- for for specific reasons. Sure. Um, Interesting. Well, we'll put a pin in that for later. <laughs> while you while you were reading queer forums for personal reasons, yes, we will put a pin. That's another episode. Yes, that it's it's. That's another episode. <sighs> Carry on. So. It is not personal, as in my person, but personal as in my close circle. Mm-hmm. I had someone close to me who was, you know, trying to figure stuff out. Yeah, I think we've all had that. I mean, I had a, I had a childhood friend that came out to me. Quite the shock. Did not see it coming. Um, but often I think that's the story. You don't, especially for like people that came out in the late 90s and early 2000s, it wasn't, it wasn't an obvious choice or an easy choice because there was real prejudice to face. Yeah. But now it's like if you come out of the closet and you're legitimately gay, it's like, hey, just like Queer Eye, good for you. I love that show. Well, now sometimes I wonder if it's too easy, almost too easy, and you get... Um, teens. Is, it, is it trendy? Is it almost like yeah. a cool thing? Yeah, Te- you get teens who decide to go and self-identify just the way that, you know, um, and it's almost like being a goth or being a... Uh, oh, that's an interesting. For, for young people who are trying to fit in... emo. Yeah, they're yeah. trying to fit in. They're trying to find, or like the um, they 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 want to be special. Well, it's like in the '90s, all those guys who were trying to dress like rappers, white guys, and like talk ebonics, and it yeah. just was like, please don't. If you could not do that, that'd be great. Yes, and I think those guys killed killed the uh, the N word. <laughs> That's another podcast too. Um, like from you know uh, as as something that you know. Friends call each other, and that's the reason. It still happens in black in black communities, but they're the reason why it's. I think they're the reason why it's become totally unacceptable for white guys at all. Yeah, there, there was a changeover where you would hear you um, you, you hear white guys using like stand up comedy sometimes. Like it was a little more or, thoughtfully, or you would hear them, you know, um, refer to uh, someone. You know, th- there was a there was a. So, so, so basically, what you're saying is teenage boys on mass in the 1990s admired black culture and rappers so much they tried to culturally appropriate the n-word and it went terribly wrong it was okay for a little bit and then somewhere in the early 2000s it just went right off the rails and became this is a bad this ends now yeah fair enough so um i i wanted to add something about trans um because there's a lot of stuff now and about um, different states in the U.S. doing weird things and kids for transitioning. And I'm against children transitioning. I'm, I'm with Ben Shapiro on that one. Like, minors should not be transitioning. Hard, like, just because there's so many medical complications, there's so many future problems. It's a deep issue for another podcast. Yeah. And but my my the, own personal the, stance is, the, like, the no other, for children. The other issue is that the, the um, trans community will not talk about the number of people who tra- detransition. Well, there's there's more and more... Like, young people, like 19, 20, 21, detransitioning people happening now. And I kind of go, ugh. Uh, so, so, but, but about that point, I, I want to talk about um, transition. So I, I know on good authority, and I'm not sure what the current process is in Canada, and it's different in every province for healthcare. But if you – the government pays for healthcare, and they pay for transition surgeries, have done for a long time. It's not new. And the general process was – if you thought you were trans or you might identify, you know, the, to transition as, as, an op, as another gender, if you wanted to transition, have the government pay for it for the surgeries, right, for the actual hormones and all this kind of stuff, uh, you had to test drive it. 
So generally speaking, you had to go to your family doctor, talk, talk to them about it, maybe go to a counselor or therapy as well to really discuss these emotions and feelings. And you had to, in a superficial way, by clothing, hair, name, live as the gender you want to transition to, you're the opposite gender from your biological gender, for at least 12 months. Probably more with waiting for surgery times. And I'm not sure where hormones would come in in, in, in part of that for hormone, hormone therapy to get you ready for the surgeries and things. Uh, but really a lot of people would be going around living, trying it. Okay, I, I, I want to be, you know, the opposite gender. Yeah. I'm going to try this for at least a year, at least 12 months. Then you go through all the holidays and birthdays and you see different people you don't really see every day and you really go through it. And the, the really valuable thing from that kind of lengthy and proper medical process where the, where the doctors are acting more as almost like a medical fiduciary in your best interest, not in the interest of, oh, I could charge you a lot for a trans surgery. I'm a surgeon that makes, you know, like profiteering medicine in the States. There's none of that in Canada. So what would happen is a significant number of people, I don't know the stats on it, but a significant number would not go through with it. Or they'd try hormones for so long and go, you know what? No, I'm just gay. And that, that, that was one of the more often ones. No, I'm just gay. Um, or sometimes people said, no, I don't want to transition at all. And they, and they wouldn't, and they, maybe they were still straight. But, but generally it was people, I think, due to the suppression of homosexuality, they think, well, I, I don't think I'm evil, like the church says, because I'm yeah. gay. So maybe I'm actually a woman, and I'm going to transition. And then they realize if they go through this process, take some hormones, and talk to a counselor, no, I'm actually just gay. I'm not actually a woman. I just want to be a, a gay man. And then they stop. And, and the value of that is no one would ever give anyone advice, buy a car without test driving it. doesn't matter if it's the cheapest shitbox on a used lot or the nicest, newest German imported car, whatever it is take it out and drive it around for 15 or 20 minutes. So if you want to change your gender, you want to transition, do it for a year without hormones. Just with clothing, hair, anything you can fix. The bigger, the bigger challenge yeah. is the puberty blockers. Because A... That's a, that's a deep rabbit hole, Richard. Oh, no, it's a huge rabbit hole because A, they have never been... Um, fully tested, fully tested long-term. Sort of, long-term, that sort of stuff. Um... Oh, there's all kinds of, there's bone density development problems, and this yeah, is, and that, and future reproduction for having your own children someday. It's, but it, it's, there's it, a lot to unpack. But there's a huge push because of how traumatic puberty is for someone who identifies as their, so if you identify as a, if you, I think if it you're was. biologically female, and you identify as a male, um, and you start developing as a female, secondary, you know, breast and that sort of stuff, that would be traumatic. Um, but you know to what, a certain though? level. However, the the health implications for that, I think there's better... They're significant. They're yeah, very they're significant. significant. And the, but, but just to comment on your traumatic thing there, um, I think it was more traumatic because there was a lot of hate for that for, for all like LGBTQ+. Yeah. That's gone now. Now they're fully embraced. So I don't think the same trauma would be there because there you can be... There's another phenomenon that I You can be whatever you want now and people embrace you. People are yeah. okay with difference. Um, so I don't think they'd experience the same trauma. I think that's an argument from people who suffered in the 90s. You know, Gen... Yeah. Um, Gen Xers, uh, Gen uh, so, and I think they're pushing millennials. It on, they're pushing their experience onto the next generation. But Gen Zers don't have that problem. The other thing that I have seen, and I think this might be a, a part of it, for um, not totally, but part of the reason why um, young girls may want to identify as guys is because they're told how much it sucks to be a woman. 
and they're worried about sexual predators. They're worried about. Yeah, you know what though? Uh, I think a lot of that's hyped up. There, no, no, a, there's a, but in the social media and that's just, there is so much. There's so much bullshit. It's like bullshit. So, there's so much things. So much. So much about the disadvantage about the glass ceiling. Basically, you listen to the mo- modern media. No one would want to be a female. Yeah, but you know what though? Here's here's a, here's a few red pills. Um, in the, the stats for this is Western stats, but um, when divorces happen, who initiates divorce? What percentage do you think women initiate divorces? Uh, probably like eighty. It's a uh, it's about eighty five percent. Men only initiate about fifteen percent of the time. Um, so women leave men most of the time, right? Men end up most of the time paying out uh, alimony and child support most of the time, and even prenups aren't are often fought in court, and women win. Um, for various reasons, um, men are much more likely to be injured or die at work because we do largely men do all the dangerous jobs, right? We're soldiers. Yeah. Um, men can be either constricted or drafted or socially pressured into serving in a time of war. Women don't serve in combat in military capacity, generally uh, speaking. Um, men are more likely to be imprisoned. We're more likely to commit suicide. Uh, we're more, li- more men are more likely to be homeless. Right, so there's a lot of disadvantages to being a man. So a lot of times they say, "Oh, a man, a man, men have they can get everything they want." It's like, no, we we, we can't. We have a lot more risk. Yeah, um, but the thing is, you, you know, you're less as a man, you're less likely to be um, raped. Um, you know, actually, it's, it's, I'm I'm saying less likely, not impossible, unless you're in England where it's legally impossible for a man to be raped. Well, that's a legal thing. Well, but, by a woman, but men are actually more likely. To be physically sold, and be, men are more likely to be the victims of violent crimes than women are. Yeah, that's because men are stupid. Well, it's not that men are stupid. Is that when you have more, no, <laughs> no, 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 it's, no, it's no, because a significant uh, portion of men are no, they're not. Don't be a feminist. Whenever I'm not I, being a whenever, feminist. Whenever, whenever I hear this, like the majority of men, I'm, I'm, the majority of men, off. I didn't say majority. A I significant said a significant proportion of men what um, are assholes. That's not true, and, and get physically violent. I'm not sure the stats on that. Um, so, so here's the thing. Here's another stat. Well, uh, and this is an American stat. Uh, a third of all men under the age of 30 have not had sex in the last year. Or, or sorry, no, it's a, a third of them. Um, this is a, um, a just pearly things when she was talking about. But it's um, yeah, a third of a third of men have not said sex in the, the previous 12 months. I think it's a third of those men are virgins. Of men under the age of thirty. So the thing is, is like a third of all guys aren't even getting laid. Yes, I know. I'm not. Uh, so like they're not. They're not doing nasty sex shit. But but you say like some men are more likely to be violent. And this is a biological fact. Testosterone makes people more violent. Yeah, but you, you know, give women testosterone, it makes them more violent. They actually have more than us. <laughs> if you really want to get into the chemistry, but so here's the thing though. A lot of um, yeah, but they have estrogen with counter. So, so, so a lot of women don't like the stats on the red pill. The stats actually show if you actually talk to women who work as like counselors in like women and children clinic, well, women and children shelters for your know, battered women, all, most abusive relationships are mutual. There is mutual physical abuse both ways. There's a lot of it. So a lot of men, they might finally lose it and then they hit her. But you're a man. You're bigger. You're stronger. She gets hurt. It's very visible. There's more sympathy with a woman. But a lot of men get physically abused and don't report it. Oh yeah. Or, or, or no, happens no, to, to a breaking I'm, point. I'm, I'm not saying. I'm not arguing that you know no. men have it a bed of roses. Women objectively have it, have it worse. Do they still have it worse? Yes, though? objectively they still have it worse. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they do. I need to see some stats. I need some facts on that. And you have to be careful that you vet your stats because stats lie. Well, again, sample bias. 
Beware of sample bias. It's not just. It's not even just sample bias. It's that. Um, and I was talking to my kids about this on on a car ride recently. Your five year old. Now here's the thing. I don't have a five year old anymore. She's seven. But no, it's, irrelevant. <laughs> but basically, it's you know, um, you talk about an increase of fifty percent in car, uh, of car accidents um, in a year in a certain population. Okay. Fifty percent. That sounds huge. Oh, but it's an increase of existing... Yeah, yeah. So 50% increase means half again as much. So if you had one, you have 1.5 car accidents. The other thing it doesn't tell you is, well, is that... How many how many car accidents per dri- driver hour is that? Right. I mean, it's like I, like I like my joke about sample bias better. So I'm trying to figure out what religion people are in my society. So I stand in front of the synagogue... And I ask everyone who comes out what religion they are in. It turns out 100% of people sampled are Jewish. Yeah. Everyone's Jewish. So Kinsley, um, uh, the famous uh, um, homosexuality studier, like the, the guy he... Yeah, he, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, when he was determining the proportion of the population that was gay... Right. He did his surveys in gay neighborhoods. Or like a gay club or a gay, you know, like safe area. Yes. Um, 90% of everyone's gay. And he came up with the figure of 10%. It actually seems to be 10% of people seem to be not straight. Yeah, it's, it's a really waggly number. and it, it, it's But yeah. the, the problem is, is that that and the gay community actually will, will admit that his stuff, his study, even though he was, you know, ground, groundbreaking, but his, his methodology was flawed. Even... Well, a lot of methodology is flawed. It's, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's uh, but but he he was just trying to figure out something that had previously been taboo. So I mean, it's, yeah, that, that's a good thing. But but I think we need to sum up now. We're kind of closing to the end here. Um, but but basically, I, I kind of feel like the, the trans movement uh, is going too far. I'm going to say, and that's to be expected. Feminists went too far. Every movement goes to mothers against drug driving has gone way too far. Yes. So, so, so basically, the trans is going way too far, and we both agree, I think, unanimously, that, hold on, that people should be allowed to be whatever they are. They should be who they are, yes. Yeah. And if they think but they should they, be something else, they should have proper support to figure that out without bias and have to test drive it. Yes. Um, they, they should be challenged, but in a charitable way. Yes. Yes, I just, agree. Just, just the same, just the same way. If um, someone wants, you know, someone thinks they want to be a mortician. <laughs> what a weird example! Um, you shouldn't go. Oh, great! You want to be a mortician? Here, I'll give you a job as a mortician. There's a dead body. You should. You know, the wake is at three. Chop, chop. Get it done. Well, and this is why jobs have probationary periods. I, I kind of like mine better of like test driving a car. I think that may be more relatable than applying for a mortician job. Yes. But whatever, whatever. Potato, potato. Tomato, potato. It's the, you know, um, and the thing is that's with, with careers, you, like, you're allowed to go, oh, actually, I really didn't. I thought I would like this. I don't. But the, I'm, at, I'm at, you don't like working with dead bodies all day. But the thing is, you should be able to, in a career, challenge someone go, are you cut out for this job? Yeah. And and that's it. I mean, but like... I, I saw a thing recently on Reddit. Um, it's the Am I an Asshole? It was a... So, am so, I an Asshole? Yes, that's what? the subreddit. <laughs> Basically, it's people who are conflicted about something. They 
they they they did something and people think they're an asshole, but they're like, I don't think I'm an asshole for doing this. And so they post it to this subreddit, and it's and people can vote: Are you the asshole or not the asshole? So in this, case, I got caught singing along to rap music. I used the actual N word instead of saying the N word, yeah. and someone, my roommate, overheard me, and they got mad. Yeah, um, <laughs> am I an asshole? So one of the cases recently that I saw was this guy. He was he he was um, mentoring a new hire for social services work. They go into the homes of disadvantaged families, okay, and you know provide services. He had a new trainee who was in her twenties. She had drove a really really nice car. She came from money, drove a really really nice car. She had a handbag, and he asked her to leave it in the car, not to bring it in. The handbag was a designer handbag. It's a four thousand dollar handbag. Oh, I've heard of these. With a big name across, you know, a big designer label across it and that sort of stuff. And he asked her to leave, leave it, it in the car. Please. Leave it in the car. And she did, but she complained to her supervisor and he got written up for it and that sort of stuff. And he's like, and. Why would she, why would he get written up for telling his subordinate, leave your shit in the car? Because he's telling her. No, but, but why, like, I understand why he's doing it, because you don't want to flash your riches in front of poor people and make them feel bad. Especially when you're offering, when you're supposed to be a sympathetic figure to, for them to, you know, delivering services. It's not like, it's not like sort of the, you're not supposed to come in with that whole white savior um, complex of, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but so, but why did he get written up when she complained? When they said, well, technically he's your supervisor. If he says do that, go with it, deal with it. Um, why, why wasn't that the response? Because he's not te- technically her supervisor. He's just her mentor. Same thing. He's the senior guy. He was in charge of the work and the interaction. Doesn't matter. What? Well, why was he written up for saying, here's how we're going to be the most effective in our jobs. I have the experience. Be- why? Because he, he he was telling her what she was allowed to carry, how she, you know, and that. On the job. On the job. It's on the job. It's not lunchtime. Yeah. It's not on the way to work. It's on the job. Yeah. You know what? The person you work with who's senior can tell you, here is what you should do for the job. Yeah. What, what if it was headphones and a protection, like the ear protection yeah. on a work site for like building a building? Right? Yeah. No. And this this is sort of the thing is the, the, the obviously the trainee was tone deaf at, at minimum. But but why did this guy get written up? Um, was the manager tone deaf? Or probably. Well, it was probably how she... It was probably that, you know, the the girls, you know, was like, you know, I felt so embarrassed, you know, and that sort of, you know, it hurt my feelings. Yeah, I, I've had a few um, experiences in the last year with snowflakes because I speak confidently, I set expectations, I make eye contact, and they're like, well, he was a little bit too, like, he told me he told me what to do, or he asked me a question, I didn't know what the answer was, and I, I felt bad afterwards, so, so the... They attacked me. It's very interesting how, like, when you're direct with snowflakes, with yeah. Gen Zers, all of a sudden you're a bad guy, you're attacking them. It's like, it's not my fault you haven't learned something yet. It's not my fault you're incompetent. And it's usually, I'm, I just want the thing I want. I need the thing I yeah. need. And so Go basically, it it's probably, it made her, the woman feel, un, the young woman feel uncomfortable. And she's never had someone make her, make her feel uncomfortable Because she's white and privileged and has a $4,000 handbag. Yes. But they want to carry it everywhere. And she and the thing is is that she's chosen to do social work. And she has no idea what that means. My experience is that, you know, there there's a certain type of people who go into social work that should never be in social work. They they think it's like easy what philanthropic work. I'll just well, go in there and I'll fix their lives and these well, pores will be or, better off for or it. Or it's the 
you know, um, I've seen too many, I've seen several women, mostly women, there's probably guys that are like this too, but basically they go into like, um, they want to get into, into the child protective services and that sort of stuff because they want to punish bad parents. Oh, interesting. They're the, they're the people who have, as teenagers, you know, I suppose the idea that, that, uh, people should get, have to take a test before, um, get a license before they become a parent. It's not a terrible idea on the surface of it. <laughs> I'm not completely against discussing that as a actual idea. Um. So they basically they're 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 already they they start off prejudiced against the parent, and my experience has been they've all they've all come from dis- dysfunctional homes themselves. That that is true. There's a very high proportion of social workers who come. So the, the reason why they want to be social workers are, is that the the most meaningful mentors and adult figures in their lives were social workers as a children. It's the same reason in my home province of Newfoundland why so many kids from rural areas become teachers. The most educated person they knew and had a personal relationship with, with and, and had a personal relationship with was the teacher. Yeah. Was, was our RAA teacher that inspired them. They're like, well, I'm going to do that. That's the best thing that I can see and understand. And, and that's, I think, the same thing happens with social workers. Or the on, on the inverse is that, you know, they were they as a kid were suffering and the social worker didn't believe them. So they're going to be different. Oh, I see. I'm going to be, I'm going to be better. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. What was the point of all this social work story? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> and that was I, a Richard Bunny trail yes. to finish the evening <laughs> while he kicked the table, while he talked and he whacked his chair and has no, you have like no noise awareness. I'm trying to like beat that into you. Anyway. I, I, we need to be doing this in a padded room. No hard surfaces. A padded room. Need to need to like tie you to a padded chair. Just talk. Don't move. Crazy. Crazy. I was crazy. crazy. Anyway, so I was uh, crazy once. You were crazy. I was crazy once. They locked me in a rubber room. There were rats. I hate rats. Rats drive me crazy. Is this copyright crazy. material? I was crazy once. <laughs> this is a little short skit that I did in. Uh, <laughs> I think. Was there a Simpsons of that or something of like a similar parody? Yeah, it, it's it's like a circular thing. I did it for I did I did it on stage at one point as part of a play. <laughs> um, we did a bunch of little short things, and that was my mine. <sighs> All so. right. Well, so um, so yeah, that's that's a show, right? That's yeah, like, that's a show. It's like it's like it's a lot of minutes there recorded. All right, everyone, uh, have a good night, and keep it in the comments section. If you want to complain, put your comments there. Well, I will not read them. <laughs> If you can't keep it in your pants, then you better keep it in... If you can't keep it in your pants, keep it in the comments. Yes. What does that even mean? (laughs) All right. Good night, everybody. Good night. (laughs) (laughs) Middle-aged man talk. Thank you so much for listening. Please check us out on Patreon. (laughs) <laughs> Woof. <laughs> <laughs>